0: Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am thrilled to have you listening for another week. I am a registered holistic nutritionist and biohacker and all-around <laughs> health guru. I don't know. I say something different every week, I feel like. The words always change, but the philosophy's always kind of been the same, which is cool. So yeah, I'm excited to bring you another episode this week. I am, I think I'm officially one week without caffeine <laughs> now, which is, it, I don't know if that's an accomplishment or that's just sad. Yeah, I I started really decreasing how much caffeine I've had lately, but I've kind of always just had a bit here and there, but now I'm really just trying to just reduce it day in and day out, and mostly because it just really, really stresses the body And I'm trying to be more grounded and and more in my body and in myself and less in my head, less in the clouds, kind of go, go, go like that energy. I'm, I'm trying to move away from that. And a big part of that is caffeine. And so I talked about this on the podcast last week, but I have been switching out my coffee for a alternative that's made out of adaptogens, including like mushrooms and ashwagandha and other herbs like that. And I've been adding goat butter to it and marine collagen and a couple other mushrooms as well. And I kind of put it in a blender. So it's like a keto elixir that's like rich in herbs and plants and healthy fat and protein i guess so that's kind of what my mornings are looking like lately and it's really nourishing it's definitely different like it's i don't necessarily get that same like super energetic vibe from it but i definitely am energized from it and it feels really nice and it's hard caffeine is definitely an addiction it feels good and people crave it too like i crave it and it makes you feel better about things, right? Like it, it just has this, there's so much research on it and there's so much different ways that it interacts with hormones in our bodies and what it does for us. But at the end of the day, it's just something that I feel like I need to take a break from and I'm gonna continue taking a break from and kind of see how it impacts my health. Honestly, like does it help regulate my cycles more? Is it reducing the amount of stress and cortisol in my body? And moving forward with that, I am also being very cautious of the alcohol that I consume. So I very much kind of wean off in the winter and then drink a lot more in the summer. I think most people are kind of like that. And this year I'm just going to be very, I'm always aware of it, but I want to be more aware of it. Like last weekend I went out for someone's birthday dinner and I didn't drink and and just kind of like bringing this practice in of just because you're going out and just because you're seeing friends doesn't mean that you have to drink and it, and if other people are drinking doesn't mean you have to drink and it's the same it's the same kind of like philosophy with caffeine is like alcohol is poison for the body it basically like i forget who told me this but it's like drinking when you have like alcoholic wipes and you're wiping down something and you're like sanitizing it. That's like what you're doing to your body when you drink alcohol. So you're kind of like sanitizing your insides because it's it's so potent, right? And, and our body doesn't know how to absorb it. And it creates all of these waste products after you metabolize it and it's hard on the liver. And I also, someone also told me recently that after you drink alcohol, you don't burn fat for, I think like 33 hours after alcohol. So that whole time your body is still metabolizing the alcohol, like you're not building, uh, burning fat. Like you're not, not that that's necessarily the goal, but something to keep in mind if that is your goal. Like alcohol has never, ever helped anybody achieve weight weight loss goals. And in the past, when I've cut out alcohol for a long time, like last year I did 75 hard or in the past, like when I was training way more, when I would cut out alcohol, like I was much more toned, and like I could see much more definition in my muscles and stuff. Because, yeah, that for that very reason, and also like alcohol is very calorically dense, and you tend to eat way more when you're drinking, and then the next day you're hungover and you eat my way more food, um, and on and on. So, I'm just going to be mindful of that, and yeah, I'm really, I really want to focus on productivity and fertility at the same time and my ideal weight and body composition and it is so difficult to do all three of those things like that man I think I've talked about this that is what I want to do It's like optimal fertility as in your cycles regular every month you your PMS is at bay your symptoms are better and if you're trying to get pregnant you get pregnant And optimal body composition, as in you're the weight that you want to be, you're as toned as you want to be, you have as much muscle definition and muscles you want. And then productivity, like you wake up out of the in the morning and you get out of bed and you're ready to go. You feel good. You have consistent energy throughout the day to be your best and show up as your best in the work that you do. And that is difficult. Like completing those three things, like wow. And getting to that point, such a hefty goal to do it all at the same time. Right. And that's what I've been thinking about lately is like, those are my goals. And how do I, what are the practices I need to do? What are the healthy habits that I need to bring in that achieve all three of those? It's almost like I need to make like a diagram and kind of write this out and then write out like caffeine free. What does that support? Alcohol free. What does that support? Et cetera, et cetera. So There definitely are things that support all of them, but it's very much against like hustle culture and kind of what we're hearing, even in the health narrative, like the healthy trends and like that type of thing. So I'm playing around with this. I'm going to see what it does. I'm going to see the results I get over the next few months. And yeah, I'm just going to keep talking about it and keep learning because. I love just sharing my journey and that's what I'm here for. And I'll probably make content from it. Maybe I'll make something new. Maybe I'll hop on TikTok and chat about this, which is kind of what I'm thinking about doing this week. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm at biohacking and yeah. So I so stay tuned for that because that's, that's something that is in my head all day, every day and I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to make the solution. I'm going to make the I'm going to make the framework or yeah, I'm just going to start writing it out and and really just dive deep into it and share my journey. So thanks for listening. This week is a very cool episode. We talk about chemicals and toxins in everything that we're exposed to. And I actually learned a lot because I thought I was pretty good parabens and, um, buying BPA free plastic and like that type of thing. But I actually realized that there's a lot of things that I actually need work on. And my house isn't actually as clean, quote unquote clean as I thought it was. So now I'm going to be like buying glass containers and just getting rid of plastic entirely. I'm going to buy some glass, like refillable hand soap dispensers, for the bathrooms and like start doing that instead of using plastic ones. And just looking at all of these areas where there's plastic that I'm exposed to that could use an upgrade. And also we talk about supplements and what supplements are made of, like the capsules, which blew my mind when we talked about this because I had no idea that there was crap in those like plastic containers. So like the coating on supplements, I had no idea. I didn't know I've always read the back of bottles, right? Like, I've always understood it's made out of cellulose, it's made out of this or that, but I didn't actually realize that there could be chemicals in that ingredient. So, we go like very micro in this episode, but it's very, very helpful. And if you're somebody like me who is very cognizant of hormonal issues and just trying to regulate your cycle or just reducing your toxin exposure in general. Seriously, listen to this one, take notes and make changes. Cause like, it's one thing to get educated and listen, but it's a completely different thing to actually make a change. So if you make any changes after this episode, share it on Instagram, tag me at biohacking Brittany. I would love to see. And if you have any glass containers that you actually recommend, like for Tupperware in the kitchen or for like soap dispensers or cleaning supplies or like anything like that, please tag me or send it to me on Instagram as well, because I'm trying to find ones that are nice and minimal and like modern. And I haven't really liked what I've found online. So I'm curious to see what else is out there and maybe I'm just like not looking in the right place. I'm going to read a couple reviews that I got recently And I love that you guys are sending these in. They're so cute and they just make me smile every time I get notified. So this is the most recent one. This is from Mystical Megs, which is a sweet name. I love that. It's titled, love it, five stars, one of my favorite biohacking podcasts and the little heart smiling face emoji. And then another one is a rising star in the biohacking biosphere is the title five stars. Brittany shares her wealth of holistic knowledge while interviewing a wide range of fascinating, knowledgeable guests. It's refreshing to hear a woman's voice in the biohacking world. Keep up the great work, Brittany. And that is from flash one, one, two, one. I love these. Yes, 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 yes. All of the females in the biohacking space or biosphere. I'm here for you. And I hope to be a voice that kind of inspires you and Yeah. Most of the time I'm just sharing what I'm going through and I hope it's somewhat relatable because I think it is. And I really look up to people who do that same thing, who are very authentic. So that's what I'm here for. I'm here to share my biohacking journey. And so keep up the reviews. They mean a lot. And they honestly just help the show get noticed. Like the more reviews, um, the better you rank on iTunes and different places like that. So it's super important. And a quick shout out to this week's sponsor. I love using Inside Tracker. They are who like my go to for getting tested, especially my biological age. I just recently got my test done in March and my biological age was actually a bit higher than I wanted it to be. It's still lower than my chronological age, but it's higher than it was last summer. So I've kind of been thinking about that, like why what is it? Why is it higher? And my HBA1C is also higher, which is like your blood uh, glucose over the last three months. And so that's definitely because I've been, I was in Costa Rica for 10 days eating fruit and drinking. And yeah, so it's interesting, like getting tested is always helpful because it's just data points that you can really make changes from. And they provide so many great recommendations as well that I just like, love, 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 love working with Inside Tracker. And then also a shout out to the Shungite shop, which is my favorite place to buy Shungite, which really helps with the frequencies um, that we're surrounded with in terms of EMF and, and radiation. And I have some on my desk and I have some bracelets as well that I love using. And I just recommend this to everyone. It's beautiful and, and it can just kind of be one of those things, one of those tools that you ha- use. On a daily basis to help with your EMF exposure. Stay tuned for this episode. And of course, let me know what you think online and I will catch you next week. Welcome to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you are joining me again this week. We are talking about something I've actually, I swear I say this all the time, but something I don't think I've talked about on my podcast yet, which is chemicals and toxin exposure that we have through our lifestyle, through the choices that we make, the habits that we make, the food that we eat, all of these types of things. And of course, like this is super important for how we function on a day to day basis. And I am delightful to actually bring on. A expert in this field who knows way more about this than I do. Her name is Jenna Hua and she is the founder of Million Marker, which is a mail-in body toxicity test that uses your data to improve your chances of conceiving through diet and product recommendations. And this is also just like right up my alley because I'm very much into fertility and natural fertility and hormones and female health in general. So, Jenna,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bernie. Yeah, it's great.
0: So, before we get into kind of what your business does and how the tests work and all of that, I am so curious about how you got to the point of creating this business in the first place. Like, tell us about your journey as a entrepreneur.
2: So, I created a million marker partially because m- my own necessity, like I really wanted a test like this, I suffered quite a bit with uh, I had a lot of fertility struggles, not until my fourth late stage pregnancy loss, I was like, Okay, I got to do something about this. And the doctor each time just were telling me good luck next time because I actually studied environmental exposure. That's what I did after my nutrition undergrad degree. And I went back to school to study environmental health, both my master PhD were on this topic as well as my postdoc. So I knew environmental chemicals do impact fertility, yet we don't really have a test available. And frankly speaking, we don't even have enough data to really study the, uh, the totality of the impact of these chemicals. So I was very frustrated. So then that kind of prompted me to create Million Marker.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you kind of just decided that this should be you know accessible to more people and how do we make this an at-home test rather than having to go to a doctor or do it that way absolutely mm-hmm.
1: first of all
2: like these tests we literally have done these kind of studies monitoring people environmental toxin exposures this is through these biomonitoring study usually done at the government level and we have been studying these things doing these tests literally for 30 40 years yet it's not available to the public Not only that, a lot of the information we have learned from these studies showing people with higher exposure to these chemicals, it's linked to worse health outcome, including fertility, worse fertility outcome for both men and women, not just women, child developmental issues, diabetes, breast cancer, many, many other chronic diseases are related to exposure to these chemicals. Yet there's a, a science translation gap that the public actually don't know a lot about these things. And lastly is you can't change your genes, but you can actually change your environment. And this is very, very important because your genes actually only accounts about 30% of your chronic disease risk. The rest of them are from your environment and environmental toxin exposure is a pretty important part of that. And this is something that we can actually do and
1: it's within our control. And why don't we do anything about it?
0: So when you like started developing this test, did you test yourself and then find out that you were exposed to a bunch of chemicals? Oh,
2: yes. So according to the CDC in the US, like over 90% of population actually have um, detectable level of these chemicals. And why, yes, I definitely tested myself, and some levels were high and then some levels were low. And I was able to figure out where my exposures are coming from and actually eliminate that exposure
1: so that I don't have this higher body toxin load.
0: Wow. Wow. That's so cool. So, what were some of the, the chemicals that you were high in, and then what did you do about it? Phthalates is
2: the one that I tested high. It's quite interesting because these chemicals are literally everywhere. So we can test for BPA alternatives, phthalates, parabens, oxybenzone. These are hormone-disrupting chemicals that are in everyday product, from you know, from packaged food to plastics to your personal care products. Two things I found out that's giving me high phthalates exposure. <laughs> One is from a vitamin that I was taken that's not labeled anywhere. I always read my labels. You know, we can talk about lab- label reading a bit later. That mm. I think it's very important. I always read my labels. Yet I thought this supposed to be natural, supposed to be a really good product. Unfortunately, the capsule of the vitamin was made of phthalates, so that completely had my number off the chart. Because I document where my exposures are coming from, I was able to isolate that this was my this was giving me high exposure. The moment I eliminated the vitamin, retook the test, and then my level was dropped down to non detect.
0: Wow. So when you're, so I have like supplements in front of me right now. So when you're reading the label and there's the part that's like non-medicinal ingredients, right. which is like lists what the capsule is made out of, like, did it straight up say like phthalates in that ingredient list or no, what did it say? They never
2: say anything like that. I yeah. believe the capital uh, the, the capsule I was uh, taken in just said is cellulose and, uh, unclear where that cellulose how is that cellulose made so we always recommend people when you take a supplement make sure that inactive ingredient that capsule is made of vegetarian based cellulose so those are usually a little bit safer compared to if you just label a cellulose or some other material that's made of the capsule because there's just no way to tell unless you actually test the vitamin but unfortunately the supplement industry is not very well regulated so there's no way. Um, to know everything. And that's part of the reason we really want people to test themselves. So, so to understand, a, hey, like where your exposures are coming from.
0: Right. So th- I have a couple in front of me right now. And one says microcrystalline crystalline crystalline cellulose. Is that okay? Or would that have phthalates in it? Hard to
1: say mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, list whether this is a petroleum-based
2: ingredients uh, like synthetic or whether it's uh, derived from uh, vegetable sources. That part is very hard to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And then there's another one here, which is actually the same brand. And it says, microcystalline cellulose, vegetable magnesium stearate and silicon dioxide in a non GMO vegetable capsule, composed of vegetable carbohydrate gum and purified water. (laughs) Yeah, so this
1: one did say it's a vegetarian capsule. So usually a vegetarian capsule is a bit safer.
0: Cool. I actually had no idea about that. Like even as somebody who's been taking supplements for 12 years or what, I don't know how long it's been, but I had no idea to look
1: for a vegetarian capsule. It's actually, it's kind of a dilemma in supplement that we look and then
2: we can actually control and then supplement. Usually it's not for life threatening condition. Obviously it's for health optimization, But there are actually quite a bit of medications out there that's actually made of phthalates. Anytime, whenever there is a slow release on the medication, if it's not labeled vegetarian-based capsule, almost like 80% of the time, it's probably containing phthalates. But when you talk about if someone's sick and someone is needed this medication, we can't tell people to stop taking that medication, Right. So it's kind of a dilemma that we need industry to actually make better medications that not giving people these high endocrine disrupting chemical exposures. But unfortunately we're not there. So our recommendation is while you can't control some of those aspects, anything that you can control, like your supplement, your personal care product, you should definitely control it to lower your exposure.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So if the, ones without phthalates in it are the vegetarian capsules then what is what is non-vegetarian about the ones that have the the phthalates in it what is the
1: source of that so phthalates is a chemical that actually makes plastic it's
2: so by making that capsule kind of making it like a plastic then it slows the release of the medication that's why manufacturers use it. And it's also really cheap. Mm-hmm. So that that's another reason why phthalates is widely
0: used. So it's not; it has nothing to do with an animal product then? No,
2: like- it's not an animal product. It's completely mm-hmm. like a petroleum-based um, mm-hmm. product. It has nothing to do with animals. So even if a product labels that no animal product and not vegan, that does still doesn't really mean it's without phthalates because phthalates really... technically speaking, it has no animal product, it is kind of vegan. But unfortunately, this is not what we think that it's a healthy vegan rather than okay, hey, this is just an industry chemical, it has no animal components in it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you were really high in phthalates. And was there anything else that you were high in like BPA or anything like that? My BPA wasn't
2: high. So BPA exposures are usually from touching thermal receipt. That's one thing that people always surprised that Grocery store receipt, gas station receipt. If you don't have to touch that receipt, don't touch it, have it email it to you. So that's a culprit. So I don't touch receipt. And also I don't really eat canned food or drink canned drinks. Canned drink usually surprise people. Canned food, many times you can't actually see it's uh, BPA free. But unfortunately, industry started swapping out alternatives, swapping out these BPA to BPA alternatives. Now a lot of industry like, Some of the canned food, they will use BPS and BPF. They can literally swap one letter and you would have from BPA all the way to BPZ or any other combination of the two, BPAF. And these alternative chemicals are just as bad as BPA, if not worse. So we always recommend people, if you can, always eat fresh food uh, because you would avoid this exposure. So less canned food. Canned drink is exactly the same thing. The canned lining so we have consistently see people if people drink these carbonated water from a can.
0: Yeah, um,
2: if you drink a lot of those consistently, we have seen people tested high in BPA or one of the BPA alternatives.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I definitely need to be wary of the soda water like you said, like the cans. And then I was thinking about BPA when I was like preparing for this. And there's so many things I buy now when it's like plastic that says BPA free on it, right? All of these water bottles that are BPA free. And do you think that that is healthy enough? Or do you think like we should be drinking out of glass water bottles if we can?
1: We should definitely drink out of glass water bottle or stainless steel if we can.
2: Because, mm-hmm. again, there's no guarantee, even if it's labeled BPA-free, it's not BPS, BPF free or any other BPA families. Not only that, BPA-free, it's not regulated. It's completely up to the manufacturers that they put that label wow. on. So there's no guarantee. And with plastic, even if the, the plastic is initially BPA-free, if you actually damage that plastic, or if you let that plastic sitting under the sun... Over time, there will be other chemical leaching into your water or anything that this plastic comes in contact with. That's why we also recommend people, if you have a plastic water bottle, or a bottle of water, never leave it in your car and let it bake in the sun because that will increase the release of the chemical. And same as if you use a plastic Tupperware at home, never ever microwave that plastic, never microwave that Tupperware because again, it's going to increase the release of these chemicals like Namely BPA phthalates and then these things into your food, then you would ingest those,
0: yeah i I completely unplugged my microwave, so I don't even <laughs> like I don't want any chances of using it or for me or my partner, but it's so interesting because I've always thought that like I've always thought it's a marketing thing of saying this is BPA free and I've always thought like how much health like how healthy is this really right like how like how mm-hmm. is this impacting me and so how like far does this go like Yesterday, for example, yesterday I was at Whole Foods and I was buying a new hand soap for the kitchen and I'm in Whole Foods looking at all of these different natural products and 95% of them are in plastic containers. And like, is it worth buying a glass bottle of hand soap because of the plastic that that soap is in and then it touches my hands every day? Like how far do we need to go really?
2: If you can, I definitely recommend to buy glass bottle or refillable glass bottle or like aluminum bottle. That's always safer. Unfortunately, we don't have a way to actually test for final consumer product. Many manufacturers, they will claim they do test ingredients, they do this, but nobody is really testing that final product that you have in your hand. Because the many things can happen. If you think about it, that we tell people, hey, don't, Put that plastic water bottle, bottle in a car that's baked. Think about the transportation, the supply chain. That when the product gets to the store, like how long are they on the road? Are they sitting on a pallet at an airport somewhere, baking mm. under that sun? There's just no way to tell. Mm. And also, another issue is we, we the world literally have a plastic problem that we don't know where we're gonna, how we're gonna deal with all this plastic. And recycling actually doesn't work. 10% of the stuff gets recycled and they probably use it one time and the rest of them still going to the landfill. And we have now we have microplastic issues, we have nanoplastic issues, just, you know, a report last week that we found plastic component microplastic were found in people's blood. So by using glass bottle, refillable bottle, aluminum bottle, reusable bottle, Again, you're like investing in your health. At the same time, you're also creating a much more sustainable environment. So we, we always recommend people to definitely try to vote with your dollars. Because again, not just good for your health, it's also good for the environment. At the same time, you're sending a signal to the manufacturers. Hey, we actually, we really care about this, that we can urge manufacturers to build better products like this.
0: How can you tell if your healthy and not so healthy decisions are impacting your health on a cellular level or even impacting your biological age? Feeling better is one thing and having symptoms get better is one thing, but there's something completely different about having the data and the numbers behind it. This can be very helpful for both your short-term and your long-term goals. We need to be testing ourselves regularly so we know where we stand, whether it's testing our vitamin levels, cholesterol, blood sugar, whatever it is, the proof is in the data. It can be such a pain to get tested through our doctors and our clinics. And when we do these tests, often they don't even give us all the biomarkers that we ask for. That's why I love at-home tests. I find it super interesting to get my biological age test specifically because it indicates how all of my decisions are impacting me. Your biological age is a representation of your health conditions and a predictor of how soon you can exhibit chronic conditions of late life. This is obviously compared to our chronological age, which is just the amount of time that has passed since we were born. When I first got tested last year, my results said I was 19.7 years old. And the second time I was tested, it said I was 18 years old and I was 27 at the time. I recently got my biological age tested again through Inside Tracker's inner age test. And this time it said I was 22 years old and I'm now 28. My age actually went up. <laughs> and this is likely because my HbA1c levels were higher after spending. 10 days in Costa Rica recently where I had a ton of cocktails and fruit and carbs and also just eating more carbs and processed food in the last few months. The great thing about Inside Tracker's inner age test is that it actually shows you which specific biomarkers are making you older or making you younger and it identified that my HBA1C needs to come down because it's actually making me older on a cellular level, which is so helpful to know and know what I need to be doing next knowing your age can help you make these changes and help you just really make smarter decisions and be more informed moving forward I always get tested through inside tracker and you can as well and use my discount code at checkout which is biohacking Brittany in all capitals it's linked on my website underneath my shop and it'll be on my show notes as well yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I have concerns though, like buying an aluminum water bottle, like I already have some naturally, I don't know. They just kind of accumulate over the years, but like in terms of like heavy metals and aluminum, like seeping into your food and into your body as well. So I do think like glass is, is probably the best yes. and safest, like number one for everything. Right. Absolutely. Yeah yeah and so what about like ceramic or like other obviously it's all breakable but like other things like that is that okay or would you just say like clear glass is the best
1: i think a clear glass is the best because ceramics sometimes there could be
2: heavy metal contamination usually it's not a problem but and then because they're also a lot easier to break than glass than stainless steel glass is probably the easiest one to go with and for food storage You can also, if you're worried about, especially for parents with kids, or if you're traveling, thinking about that glass is too heavy to carry around, we also recommend silicone, a silicone bag. But silicone needs to be used sparingly because silicone is actually not biodegradable, even though they last for a long time. But once you're done, it's not exactly biodegradable. It goes straight into the landfill. And also not all silicones are created equal. So if you and if you do want to use a silicone bag uh, for food storage or anything, make sure you choose a food grade or platinum-based silicone, because during the processing, making the silicone, if it's platinum-based, they don't add fillers or other chemicals to it. Otherwise, it would make
1: the silicone bag actually just as toxic.
0: Wow. Wow. So if people are listening to this, and they've identified multiple places where you know, their house could use an upgrade. What are typical symptoms that people may experience with like over toxicity to these types of chemicals?
1: So people usually, you won't feel it like the next day. You Say if you detox, you won't. It's like over
2: accumulation. So if you've been exposed for a long time, like for women, you would experience like hormone imbalance, like period, longer period or shorter period or PMS symptom or worsen of your PCOS symptom. These chemicals have also been linked to uh, worse IVF outcome, IVF failure. Phthalate particularly have been linked to low sperm count and low sperm motility, sperm quality. So, you know, all of these things, it's kind of a long term thing. That's why we want people to start first, start small, but watch out your behavior day in and day out because these chemicals are not, they're not going to kill you tomorrow. You're not going to feel any different. But over time, you just don't know when your cup's going to get full.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's making the small changes over time to just like lower the amount that you're exposed to. It's same when people start like switching to like natural products or natural makeup or anything like that, like, you don't have to go out and swap everything at once, because obviously, it's expensive, and you need to do research. But it's more of like, when you start replacing the things, choose a glass water bottle, and not a plastic one, even the BPA plastic ones, or BPA free ones, you know, and it's just learning about it, right? Like, most people don't know about this. And that's why it's so powerful, like having podcast episodes like this, so that people can get educated and make smarter decisions for themselves.
2: Right. And if you think about it, it makes sense, right? That these mm-hmm. chemicals are hormone disrupting chemicals, right? When you think about your hormone, your hormone is literally like regulate every bodily function you have from your mood, your sleep, your metabolism, your weight, your stress level, all controlled by your hormone, and they work in such tiny amount. Like, we're talking about having literally like a one drop of water in 25 Olympic sized swimming pool. That's like how much you're required to make any, you know, impact in your body. And if you think about these foreign chemicals coming in and when hormones work kind of like in lock and key function, it was just going to mess up this lock and key function and it causes down the road, like a bunch of issues that just aren't foreseen. So it kind of makes sense. You just need to start small and start making changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do you, other than the couple of things that we've said already, like how do you recommend people limit their exposure and, and kind of recover from this type of thing? I would recommend people to
2: think about, you know, what are the products you use most often, right? I, I would always start from the kitchen because food exposure is from dietary exposure. That's one of the, the biggest exposure we have. Think about pots and pans that you're using right? The chemicals we just talked about, these are more of a transient chemicals, uh, meaning that, which is the encouraging part, I think, that if you eliminate the sources, you can actually, your body will get rid of them within 24 to 48 hours. However, there's a whole class of persistent chemicals that you would have a harder time to get rid of. So this is why you want to make sure you have low transient chemical exposure, but also limit your Potential persistent chemical exposure, and this is where we talk about PFAS. People might have heard about it. It's called the forever chemical. It's usually in nonstick stick pans, Teflon pans, nonstick like waterproofing clothing. These things. So I would always start with your kitchen. If you're still using a nonstick pan, if it's all scratched and stuff, please stop using that because the scratch, the damage of the pan is gonna it's going to increase the release of these PFAS chemicals and you can't get rid of them because they have a such long half-life. They You're literally going to have them in your body for decades. You can't get rid of them. So if you have a scratched nonstick pan, please stitch that pan ASAP. Get a a stainless steel or cast iron pan. Those are usually better and they also last for a long time. So that would be like the first step I would look at. And then second step is your Tupperware, right? You, You use that to save your leftover these things, if you're still using a plastic one, I would have to glass. This is a kind of like a one-time investment, right? And if you do it once, the
1: glass Tupperware actually lasts for a long time. So you don't have to change it again.
0: Yeah. So even if you're not like heating the food that's in the plastic container, it's just like you touching the plastic container when you're taking the leftovers like in and out of the fridge is exposing you to these chemicals.
1: Yes. Potential leaching do happen. We just don't know to what extent.
2: So just to be safe, always use a glass container. And also again, never wipe microwave plastic and also think mm-hmm. about the syringe ser- wraps. Yeah, that's another thing that people will put on that syringe wrap on their t- plastic Tupperware sticking to the microwave to worry about that splashing of the food. But again, like these syringe wraps, when it's heated, it's plastic. And then think about how much chemical is going to leach into your your food uh, on top of that plastic Tupperware. So ditch the syringe wrap and use a bee wax wrap instead.
0: Mm -hmm. And that
2: also lasts a a long time. So that was another that's another thing in the kitchen I would look out for. And lastly is uh, think about your water, your drinking water. We always recommend people to get a reverse osmosis water filter. Those are a little bit expensive. Any filter is better than no filter. But if you can get a reverse osmosis water filter, we definitely recommend that because it's going to filter out not only the transient chemicals and many of the lead uh, or PFAS, these chemicals, a reverse osmosis kind of a catch-all filter will also catch these bad players.
0: Do you ever worry about radiation or EMF? I definitely do. And I know this is a growing concern for a lot of you. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields, which are emitted by anything that uses electricity or radio frequency that uses radio waves. We are constantly bombarded with technology in our day-to-day lives, from our phones to computers to cell phone towers, flying in airplanes, and even using our beloved workout equipment like the Peloton. We are less grounded than we used to be and could honestly use far more time unplugged. But it's hard, right? When we work online, when we study online, and even work out online, and even have a social life online, we're really not unplugged at all during the day. We're basically go from screen to screen, and then we kind of just do it again the next day. There are a bunch of ways that you can mitigate the harmful impacts of EMF, and I have tried most of them. One of my favorite ways is by using Shungite both on my body and around my house. Shungite is this beautiful black stone that harmonizes EMFs and can minimize the effects of radiation, like having headaches, sleepiness, irritation, negative energy, restlessness, the list goes on and on. I have a beautiful Shungite bracelet I wear, as well as a prism that actually sits on my desk by my computer while I'm working. I even use some Shungite pieces to hold while I meditate. Shungite is also antibacterial, can support the immune system, reduce stress and anxiety, and purify water. I get all of my Shungite from the same place, which is the Shungite Shop, and can be found at www.theshungiteshop.com. I'm actually doing an interview with the founder, and we are going to dive into the specifics of how Shungite works and how it can really reduce the EMF exposure around us. So, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, definitely check out the ShungiteShop.com right now to get gorgeous pieces for both yourself and your home today. Yeah. That's so, that's super important. Yeah. We use a water filter in the fridge. Like it's just one of the jug ones and it's pretty good. And then we also have filters on our showers as well, just to like, clean up the water. And I've always done that. And just because my skin and my hair feels better, but I can only imagine like chemically oh, yeah. like, what it's doing. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. yeah and then in your bathroom then think about besides the water think about all the personal care products that you're using yeah. I always recommend people to start with something you use day in and day out daily if you wash your hair every day that if you use that shampoo and conditioner in actually quite a large amount compared to say a face serum right that's like the higher the amount the large the the higher the exposure so if you you wash your hair every day you use that shampoo and conditioner every day that would where I would start take a look at that label back of your shampoo conditioner bottle if it has fragrance in it ditch that thing because Mm -hmm. uh, fragrance is almost as a code for phthalates phthalates is something that makes that fragrance that good smell that stick onto your body for a lot longer so anytime you see ditch that another really good tip when you're purchasing uh, personal care products is it would have these cap letters, I think that's really easy to recognize, usually you would see PPG or PEG. These are petroleum based ingredients, or even like EDTA, like these are petroleum based ingredients and EDTA is actually toxic to aquatic life. Think about it, it's going to be toxic to human, right? And uh, a lot of petroleum based ingredients, they would have higher chance of contamination of dioxin, which is a carcinogen, and plus other chemicals. So anytime you see these cap letters, (laughs) I would ditch those. If you can choose something
1: like with the short shortest ingredient list, that would be the best.
0: Yeah, I love that. Those are just really easy recommendations. So in terms of the tests that you offer at your business, so it's an at home test and people it's a urine test. And then it's mostly focused on like conceiving though, right? But could someone take the test even if they're not looking to conceive or what do you recommend?
1: Oh, yeah. So we, I, we personally,
2: we think that
1: everybody needs this
2: test. The reason we're focusing on people who are trying to conceive because this is actually the time where you get your biggest bang for your buck's. Because these chemicals, development. Well, first of all, developmental timing really matters. So the younger you get exposed to, the potential detrimental impact could have. So if expecting parents started thinking about this preconception, they will be able to improve their sperm quality, their egg quality, and creating a really good womb environment for their unborn children. At the same time, when your kid is born, you're already on this journey for having a really good healthy lifestyle. And it's also really great for your kids when this kid is growing up. So we think this is like the best time. And this is also a time that people are extremely motivated to make changes. That's why we first focus on this population. But in general, we think everyone needs this. Our goal is to hope one day this could be incorporated into routine uh, clinical care. As your biannual or annual checkup, I could see this, you know, become your, you know, biannual dental cleaning. Dental cleaning, you don't feel your teeth getting bad the next day if you don't do a cleaning, right? But it kind of gives you a perspective that, hey, I need to make my health, make my teeth you know, healthy. And also at the same time, same as the, the chemicals, I want to make sure my body burden is under control. That's why we think everyone needs it, not just the fertility population.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's worth getting tested at least once and just like to know where you stand. But I love the idea of it being yearly as well. And obviously what we're exposed to changes as well, based off of our environment, where we're working, what we're doing, what we're touching, all of these different things. And you're not going to know, right? That's the thing is like, you're not going to know until you get tested and have the proof and the data that says, look, like you really do need to change the products in your house, because this is
1: what's going on on a cellular level. Exactly. I I think Mm -hmm. this is the kind of the value
2: of biohacking and why Mm -hmm. it's so powerful is that you actually understand your body. And you can become a better advocate for yourself. And especially when you actually get sick, you can use your data to advocate and to your doctors and or your healthcare providers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being informed and making informed decisions based off your data is like the best part and really what we're aiming for here. So if people want to try your test, where can they go and how can they connect with you?
2: So people can find us online. We're at www.millionmarker.com. We are pretty active on social education is another mission for the company because Ultimately, I we think consumers shouldn't bear the burden of product testing or testing themselves, right? Like any product put out, it should be safe already. So we want everyone to vote with their dollar. Even if you don't buy our tests, start changing your lifestyle behavior, become a more conscious consumer. So we do a lot of education through our social channels. We're pretty active on Instagram. We're active on Twitter. So please follow us. We also have a newsletter. People can sign up to let you know what we're up to, as well as the latest um, scientific research on this topic. And we're always happy to answer any questions you have. So feel free to to email us through our website.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I will put all the links in the show notes so people can find you super easy and get tested and get informed and and make better decisions. So yeah, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.